What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to, wait for it, the Dynasty Dynamic, formerly known as the Dynasty DM, and formerly known as the band Mouse Rat. <laughs> in, in with the new, out with the old, man. I'm Max, he's Dan. As usual, we're talking Dynasty. You guys thought we were dead. You thought we were gone. But we're, we're here. We we just got a little busy. Um, for those of you it's that 2020, don't, man. Things are wild. Things are wild. Things are wild. But for those <laughs> of uh, those of you at home that don't know, um, Dan is um, part of an online shoe conglomerate. Um, some would call him the Al Bundy of worldwide <laughs> web shoe wear. Aspiring conglomerate. There you go. Um, so Dan was busy. Uh, we tried to do this last week, actually, but um, the internet connection at my house sucks. And um, this episode is sponsored by uh, Dan Yee. Um, I don't know Dan, but uh, I had to order a 100-foot cable on Amazon, an Ethernet there cable, to run from my router all the way upstairs. Okay. Sometimes you can't beat hardwire, man. That's the best way to go about it. Oh, it's the best way. The speeds are ridiculous, but I'm basically living in the 90s right now. If anybody trips <laughs> over it, my stuff is ruined. I mean, it's, it's a joke. So uh, what better way to officially become the Dynasty Dynamic than a nice hardline connection? And uh, we're back. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. It's been a while, Dan. Yes, sir. Plenty of football to chat about. So uh, 2020, been a wild year for fantasy in general, uh, let alone trying to figure out Dynasty. And uh, I know we got a bunch of guys that some trending up, some trending down, a lot of stuff to cover. So uh, I say we just jump right into it. That sounds good. Yeah, more than halfway through the season. So now we're able to, to really delve in and see some of these guys uh, for what they've been this year. So the thing is, Dan, before we get into anything from this year, I want to take us back to July 18th. Let's do it. Because when you're, when you're right, you're right. And the first episode that we ever released was on July 18th, right before, you know, what would normally be the preseason, I guess. True. And uh, we each talked about three players that we thought were, you know, undervalued by consensus. You know, when we yeah. looked at it. And uh, I think it's time for you to take a victory lap because you're wearing his jersey right now. That is true. One of the guys that you got to talk about on that episode was Mr. Tyler Boyd. Yes. At the time, you had ranked him in July at number 37 overall. That was way above consensus. Why don't you uh, give yourself a little golf clap for uh, for? Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll take there. exactly a little golf clap there, a little victory lap. Um, and it's it was first driven by just my unbridled love for the player that he is. Um, but seeing what could be for this season, uh, you're you're bringing in Joe Burrow. Um, who just being first overall as a, as a quarterback, uh, you you know he's going to be someone that's going to be able to make plays. Rookie quarterback, so something that I kind of tempered expectations a little bit because uh, you need to give them a little time to grow. But I still had faith, uh, most particularly in his play style. Uh, you look at a guy um, who uh, is doing very well this season in the NFL and certainly was doing great uh, back in college, Justin Jefferson, uh, being one of his favorite targets, uh, Joe Burrow loves slot receivers. He loves slot receivers. And knowing that he has the propensity, I think uh, last um, when I when I chatted, it was over 60% of his total yards went to the slot. So being able to look at that and then Tyler Boyd, uh, the previous two seasons, I don't I think he led the entire NFL in slot yardage. So it was a match made in heaven. Uh, so well, my favorite player off the bat now getting one of the uh, the better quarterbacks to come uh, through the draft as of recently. 
um, who has a love for that position that he plays with no other competition for that uh, area as well. Of course, you have T. Higgins and A.J. Green who are able to kind of lift defenses up the, the field a little bit. Um, he There's no other great slot receivers on the Bengals, so his ability to be able to take that on uh, has been so much fun to watch this year. Uh, and you can just tell he's he's one of Burrow's most trusted targets. Uh, I love seeing T. Higgins come into his own too because I think we're seeing A.J. Green uh, start to fade out a little bit, and rightfully so. He had a fantastic career, but time to pass the torch. So now seeing uh, the dynamic duo that Higgins and Boyd can have going into um, the next few seasons, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and so that's what I had kind of hoped and expected uh, for him going into this year is coming true, and uh, I could not be happier. Yeah, and we're going to get into another wide receiver passing of the torch uh, in just a few minutes here. But, you know, again, bravo. You ranked somebody aggressively, and uh, it paid off for you. Uh, that, that, there was another guy that, you know, maybe I ranked pretty aggressively at I the was beginning just of the say, season. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think we could maybe talk a little bit about my, uh, my boy, rookie running back DeAndre Swift right now. Let's hear it. I think you have a well-deserved victory lap there. Yeah, so, you know, dating back to the summer, I, I had him in the top 20 in Dynasty. Um, you know, we talked a lot about the, uh, you know, what we thought were the five really top stud backs coming out this year. Um, you know, definitely don't listen to the episode where I talked about Keyshawn Vaughn. But um, <laughs> I was just a big, big believer in DeAndre Swift as an all-purpose back, has the skill set good in the passing game um, figured, you know, this was before the Adrian Peterson signing, I believe when he was hurting uh, in camp over the yep. summer. So I didn't know they were going to bring him in, but I just figured he'd win the job took a little longer than I would have liked. But I mean, if, if you're in a startup right now, a month from now, two months from now, Deandre Swift is going in the top three rounds, most likely the top two. Um, and I think he just looks like the future for the Detroit lions backfield. Yeah, totally agree. And it's one thing that like a lot of people were so high on him. Then just landing spots with him compared to carry on. There was just too many question marks for enough people um, that made people fade off of him. But the talent is just going to shine through and you've started to see it. And I'm, I'm so excited to see what he's going to do uh, in coming years. Yep. Yep. He is absolutely, I mean, he was already high in my rankings. He's probably even higher now, uh, in just about everybody's rankings surging up the boards. Uh, and speaking of somebody who's surging up the boards, I think we need to have a little chat about the wide receiver dynasty rankings. Cause I think we got a new number one in town. Oof, I think that's how that's so. changed in the two months since we've recorded. Oh, hundred percent. I would absolutely say so. And if you were to have a startup today, who are you taking number one at wide receiver? Dude, DK Metcalf. It's insane. Yes. What he's been able to do this season has been uh, eye-opening for any of his haters. And I think he's going to remember that for each and every one, uh, what he's been able to prove uh, this year and, and kind of silencing some of the doubters there. Yeah, I, I think it's so interesting to look back on him because I remember even like after the draft and Hakeem Butler you know, measured the way he did at the combine yep. and people were pushing Hakeem Butler to the number one spot in rookie drafts. And all of a sudden, instead of looking at all the amazing things DK Metcalf brought to the table, they were looking at the one flaw, right? The agility score, <laughs> the three a cone, little bit exactly. of a minor. Yeah, exactly. Looking at the three cone, a minor injury history in college. Um, and, and, you know, some people were, were wondering why he wasn't as productive in college, but I mean, he was sharing a field with AJ Brown, Van Jefferson, Evan Ingram for I think at least a year, um, and and Dawson Knox, like four 
highly drafted pass catchers, it's going to be hard to command, you know, a, a DeAndre Hopkins level college target share or, you know, some of these other studs that have just had all the targets come their way yeah. um, when you're competing with that many guys. And you're going to get pigeonholed a little bit too towards what you're you're best at. So when he's coming in, people are being like, oh, his route tree, it sucks. He, he runs a straight line and that's it. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, because certainly when you had that amount of talent behind you, everyone plays to their strengths and he, you're going to put him out there uh, to run uh, down the field as fast as possible because he's a freak athlete. So to then coming into the NFL, that being kind of a, a ding on his record, people didn't believe he could develop uh, out of that. And again, something I think he's certainly shown some tremendous growth in uh and is only expanding him into uh, uh having a repertoire of of routes that are going to make him an easy alpha yeah and, and the thing is i agree with you i think he's definitely improved he's definitely not stefan diggs going out there being able to run the full route tree absolutely not but but we haven't we've been waiting i've been a football fan for a long time and we haven't seen a guy like this in at least seven, eight, maybe seven, eight years, maybe a decade. I mean, he is of that mold of Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, Andre Johnson, Demarius Thomas, like those size speed freaks that it's just, they don't need to run the full route tree. People, people that, you know, talk about Demarius Thomas say he was one of the sloppier route runners they've seen. But when you're that athletic and you can beat cornerbacks that badly and take the top off defenses, it it doesn't matter. And we've seen it like he DK Metcalf is an elite deep threat right now. He's number two in deep targets in the NFL, number two in completed air yards, number five in touchdowns and the number six fantasy guy in fantasy points per game. I am a Patriots fan, and I watched him torch Stephon oh. Gilmore in that Seattle game. And I just, I'm ready. I'm ready to put him there. If I'm in a startup and I'm taking a wide receiver, that's my guy. It's time for Julio Jones, the last of the guard, to, to pass the torch. I agree. And most particularly, too, because um, not only do you have his talent, you have Russ Wilson throwing him the football. So when you look at some of the other ones who are in contention for being uh, the wide receiver one, there's so many question marks. You look at some of the old guard of uh, Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams, still phenomenal, phenomenal at what they do. But you have the question marks around Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. Like you have DK Metcalf locked in with Russ Wilson uh, side by side for the foreseeable future. Uh, and that amount of stability that comes with the talent that he has, like unmatched. It's huge. It's huge. And, you know, it's funny because talking about DK, like I said, I think he, we both agree he's the number one. There's another guy that, you know, we've been watching this season who at one point was kind of trending towards maybe being in the conversation for the number one wide receiver in Dynasty, um, you know, a year or two ago and has fallen a little bit. Um, I call it don't disrespect the DJ. I want to talk a little bit about DJ Moore, who is another size speed freak in his own right. Definitely. No, let's chat a little bit about him. Um, I thought it was interesting. I was looking at the fantasy pros, you know, aggregate rankings the other day, and here were four players that stuck out at me that they would rather have than DJ Moore. They'd rather have Kenny Galladay, who's 27 years old. Love Kenny Galladay, but he's 27 yep. years old. CeeDee Lamb, love the prospect, still very unproven. For sure. uh, Calvin Ridley, a guy I think we might talk a little bit more about later. Yeah. Uh, and George Kittle, who's also 27 and often injured, especially the last two years. To me, 
DJ Moore is still 23 years old, 23 and a half. If you want to get very specific, Fair. Um, one of the better college prospects we've seen numbers wise coming out of Maryland. And last time I checked, he still has an absurd wide receiver resume for somebody who's 23 years old over a thousand yards last year. We know the guy can do it, and yet I continually see people down on him in Dynasty, putting him on trade blocks and falling down rankings. Like, what are your thoughts on DJ Moore right now? Yeah, so it's interesting because I agree. Like, from the prospect perspective, um, he's he's a phenomenal athlete, great talent. Um, these are the windows you look for when it comes to, to buy lows. You know, like, you know that what you believed about him uh, hasn't changed too much from the beginning of this season. Uh, what's probably going to go into this off season. You're starting to see some nice peaks of, of his, uh, usage, uh, in a couple games here and there. Um, but with rule coming in and his, uh, love for Robbie Anderson, I think that's been one just kind of, uh, flag that's been thrown into the mix. That's making it a little harder to evaluate. Okay. Is, is his, is he perceived as a wide receiver one on his own team. And I would still absolutely argue, yes, I think there's just a nice familiarity um, with Rule and uh, Robbie Anderson based on uh, their time back at Temple that's going to give them that ability to uh, just get into the system a little quicker. But there's no way you leave uh, what DJ Moore does on the table and not put him to to work and being what is going to end up being a nice alpha role as things continue down the line. So I love DJ Moore. I think he's phenomenal. I had him ranked very highly uh, going into this season, and I still do believe. Uh, I'm probably forced to move him below some of the other ones um, that have a little bit more of a proven production. I think that's kind of where you and I are, are always a little different, where I, I will temporarily bump some people above based on their production within a certain year. Um, but he has not fallen down to any point um, that I would write him off. In fact, I'm actively looking uh, to buy him in a lot of my leagues because I do believe he's going to only continue to grow. Uh, and he's probably not going to be uh, priced any lower than he is right now. Yep. Yep. I really can't add to a thing you just said. I love the breakdown. I, you know, I own him in a good amount of places, but if I don't own him, I'm, I'm sending offers right now. Totally. So. No, great opportunity right now. Uh, cause I, I, there's even a chance that he can stop, uh, pop a little bit towards the end of the season. So, uh, send offers now before the trade deadline ends in some of your leagues, because, um, he very well could produce later at, uh, down the line in the season. Yeah. So let's get into let's get into a little bit of the rookies too because we had a couple well we had a show with where we talked about a bunch of rookie wide receivers. Um but I want to talk a little bit about LaVisca Chenault, um who is somebody awesome that we've gotten to see him play and uh Brian Edwards who yeah. uh you know maybe a little calm before the storm of what we think is in his range of outcomes. So I'm going to give you your choice. You can pick uh Edwards and LaVisca or LaVisca and I'll take the other one. Um, why don't I take uh, Brian Edwards and you take uh, LaVisca, seeing Let's how uh, you own LaVisca in one of our leagues and I own uh, Brian Edwards. I so own LaVisca can... <laughs> everywhere. That is true. If you're in, in a league with me, you can't get LaVisca Chanel. And because I own LaVisca everywhere, screw it. I'm just going to take LaVisca. I'll talk about LaVisca now. You can talk about Brian Edwards after. But Perfect. LaVisca, man, he's been fun this year. Um, you know, he was so dynamic at Colorado. We talked about it on an earlier show. You know, great speed score coming out of the combine for a guy that's almost 230 pounds. 
um, yep. you got to see some of the some of the dynamism, right? Some of the back, yeah. you know, taking carries out of the backfield. Um, you know, Gardner was feeding him in the early games. I, I know he's been hurt a little recently, but I, I think he's looked great. He was he was uh, number seventeen in yards after the catch before he started missing these these games um, the last couple of weeks. So I mean, he's been killing it. That's awesome. That's what we said he was going to be, right? Just like like this yak king that we know it's so hard to predict where he's going to be uh, on the field, uh, whether he's going to take it um, in the backfield or be sending down the line. And so that amount of dynamicism is going to equal yards after catch just because it's it's harder for defenses to plan against. So I really am excited to see once he's uh, back and healthy, what he can uh, continue to do there. Yeah. So he's a guy that's surging up my boards, um, but I'm keeping the flame lit for our guy. Haven't dropped him. Brian nope. Edwards. No, don't drop him. Please don't drop him. No, no, that no. Is... I meant drop him in the rankings. <laughs> oh, yes. I no, would never that is drop fair. <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, there, there, there will be some people who do, um, because I think what you saw was this big surge at the very tail of the offseason uh, once people started to actually see him at practice and, and building the hype a little bit. Um, but since he hasn't been able to reach that initial kind of first wave of hype, uh, there will be some people who write him off. Um, but I think you and I would argue absolutely he is someone that you want on your team, and this is another fantastic buy-low opportunity. Um, as we're kind of saying, it's it's the calm before the storm. Uh, when we chatted about him last, uh, he meets this alpha profile, right? 6'3", 212 pounds. Uh, and when he was playing in college, he shared a back, uh, he shared a field with uh, Debo Samuel and Hayden Hurst, like two other guys who are going to demand target share. Um, but with that said, the dude broke records in college. Uh, he is the South Carolina leader in career receptions with 234, and that is third best in SEC history. That is big. Uh, that's a that's a, a conference that you are definitely going to. Uh, uh, be a talented guy if you're putting up those types of numbers. And he's also the leader in career receiving yards with 3,045, which is fourth best in SEC history. So uh, the production was absolutely there. And let alone that, from a really early age, uh, he has a historic breakout age at 17.8. You and I love breakout age. I know we've discussed that in some other podcasts, that this is uh, a metric that we like to follow just because it's how quickly you can just come up to speed and play with some of the other big guys uh, on your team, which is just, uh, it's a really fun metric to be able to see someone who just makes a splash that early. And so the dude has some really nice comps uh, when it comes to other people who have worked with him before. Uh, his head coach at uh, South Carolina said he reminds him of A.J. Green. And his actual quarterback right now, Derek Carr, said he reminds him of Devontae Adams. Like, again, big alpha receivers that we've mentioned before uh, that just command attention and change the game. Um, so it's unfortunate that he's been hurt uh, for a good part of this season because he hasn't been able to get out there and kind of prove that uh, he was doing it in practice. Uh, he immediately started to surge ahead of other guys who had seniority on him. Uh, so I absolutely uh, have faith that when he's going to be given the opportunity and when he's healthy, he's going to be able to to, to really put uh, his mark on the team. Because right now you have, what, Nelson Aguilar, who put a little more respect to his name now. He wasn't what uh, anyone wanted him to be over on the Eagles, but he's blowing up now. Like Seeing if Nelson Aguilar can put up the numbers that he's doing, uh, he has right now for this season, uh, Brian Edwards is going to uh, to really be able to, to transcend and, and uh, make a name for himself. 
Uh, my hope is maybe towards the tail end of the season, but I really think you're going to have to wait till 2021, which is for most people who drafted him to begin with, probably figured that was the case that they're going to have to wait until next season to really see him shine. Yeah, I mean, you know, he had the foot injury. That was the reason he didn't really test at the combine. Um, yep. You know, I, I always like to call him the super unknown um, because we just, you know, if you look at the breakout age, which is even more impressive, you know, knowing that he, he played with Debo and Hayden, um, drafted pass catchers, you know, he we, we didn't have the athleticism, right? Um, and, and you just wonder, you know, he had the surgery, maybe that carried over. He was running with the ones. All of a sudden, I don't remember if it's the same foot or not, but like, you see that in seasons all the time where one injury leads to another and then it can be a little bit of a lost year. So I'm hopeful too. love Brian Edwards, you know, another guy that if, if people are souring on, go get him. Um, yeah. But there's, there's another receiver. I guess we're talking about all wide receivers. I didn't mean to do that today, but that's what we're doing. <laughs> you know what? Um, exactly. Let's delve another in. wide receiver, Dan, that the people are souring on that. I just can't really completely understand it. I see it a little bit, but not to the degree that um, that you're seeing in the dynasty circles. And that is people, you know, spreading some bad juju. Like all of a sudden people are just down on Juju Smith-Schuster. And I really don't get it because last time I checked, which was maybe before we turned these mics on, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has a 1,400-yard season on his resume. Yes, he does. Right? This is a guy who was a monster at USC, right? Early breakout, massive sophomore season. Um, he's 24 years old. You, you love slot receivers, right? He plays predominantly in the slot. Why are people, why are people so down on Juju? And do you think it's an overreaction? I think it's an overreaction. I I think it's just like you, you get certain players that the dynasty community gets super excited about. They rocket them up, uh, uh, boards. Uh, and then later on, there are certain situations that change and you have to just recalibrate a little bit. And it still doesn't mean he isn't a phenomenal player. It just means we need to readjust our expectations a little bit. Um, but now there's this overcorrection, right? If we say that there was an overcorrection for him being a uh, top two dynasty wide receiver, now people are sending him down to being like out of the, the top 30. And it just it, it's crazy. It's, it's kind of an overreaction in each way. Um, last season was hard and he gets dinged for it because uh, Big Ben and I think like the second game of last season uh, gets taken out and he's playing with Mason Rudolph. Like I, if you're expecting any wide receiver to be able to to uh, excel there, um, you're going to be disappointed. Um, some wide receivers need to work in concert with other great talent. And last year, he basically had like James Washington as kind of settled in there a little bit. A a wide receiver I like, but certainly um, has kind of fallen off a little bit. You saw the ascension of Deontay Johnson, a a wide receiver I actually really do like. And I think he works best being able to have a compliment by his side to be able to draw off um, some of the defense on up top, kind of like what I've said uh, about Tyler Boyd. Like I love slot receivers that have other talents surrounding them that pulls def- defenses off a little bit. And I think that's what he's needed. And you've started to see him come into his own a little bit more. Um, he's at least outperforming he, what he was last season. Uh, and I think he's going to settle into a nice spot where you can have him as a great mid-range wide receiver too. And that should not be uh, upsetting to people. That's a phenomenal place to have uh, a player who you can consistently have some decent weeks out of. You know, Dan, we've been doing this show for a couple months and uh, I'm noticing a trend. Um, 
and it is your disrespect for third string quarterbacks. Um, you first <laughs> famously shoveled dirt on David Blau's grave, and now I, you I drowned did. Duck Hodges in the pond I, out Duck back. Ho- I, I did. He I played in that. those games, Dan. Juju well, was and- catching passes from Duck Hodges once upon a time. That is true. And honestly, I think they were the, the best times Juju probably had <laughs> because Mason Rudolph certainly wasn't doing it. So Duck Hodges, the uh, the the myth that was for a couple games, you're right. I, 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 I'm throwing a little shade there and I shouldn't be. I got to remember those third string quarterbacks next time around. Definitely a forgettable 2019 for Juju, but the same reason people were so down on DeAndre Swift for going to the Lions, you know, pe- situations change right like oh the lions they haven't had a great rusher since barry sanders like oh juju you know antonio brown left and and he's bad now it's like no no no, he's not bad he was good in college he's been good in the nfl you watch next year he'll go to green bay or he'll go to houston and be paired with another you know elite quarterbacks that are probably you know both out playing big ben right now i don't think anybody would argue that nope and all of a sudden you know Six weeks into the year, people have, you know, Juju as a top five dynasty wide receiver. He's still going to be 24 years old. So exactly, I, I just don't get it. Um, and the weird thing is for me is I watch people down on Juju and then I watch another wide receiver simultaneously surging up dynasty rankings. And I look at these two guys and I'm like, okay, this is the Spider-Man meme. Like they're literally just pointing <laughs> to the same dude. They're pointing right at each other. And that's Calvin Ridley. And, and for yep. me, they're, they're similar players because, you know, both, you know, played at very prestigious colleges, um, highly drafted, you know, Calvin Redley was a first rounder. Juju was a second rounder. Um, great producers, good prospect profiles. I think Juju's a little bit better than Calvin Ridley in a vacuum. Yep. Um, but for some reason, like Ridley's in that same situation, I think Juju was in where, He's playing across. He has the benefit of playing across from a future Hall of Famer, Julio Jones, in this case. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, if if you like one, you have to like the other. And if you hate one, you have to hate the other. Like, I don't really understand this infatuation with Calvin Ridley. I think he's good. I'm not saying I'm down on the guy, but I'm just saying they're going to either rise together or fall together because I, I've seen this movie. It's the same exact story. Um, and I just, you know, he Calvin's another guy where I think people were expecting even more high end production from him this year. Like at least when Juju was playing with Antonio Brown, he had a 1400 yard season. I mean, Calvin Ridley has been a little dinged up this year, but I mean, he's only got 750 yards through, through nine games, you know, I yeah. mean, the touchdowns are really what's saving him. I, I was going to say a lot of his, his stats do get padded a little bit with touchdowns. Um, and like, you can't discount his ability to make kind of those big plays that sometimes don't show up in the yardage. But I, I, I agree. I think they're, they're very similar in that, in that regard. And that's why, for example, Calvin Ridley has shot up my, my board a little bit because I, I see him as similar uh, to Juju in that sense where I, I think um, I really like Juju and by effect, I have to like Calvin Ridley based on who they are and how um, they're kind of stacking up in terms of their situation. So before we close out, I prepared some questions for you. You have no idea what I'm going to ask. I have no idea. No clue. I'm I didn't, I didn't run any of this by you. I'm excited, not even sure if I know what I'm going to Terrified ask. all in between. So I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm very curious. A lot of stuff's been crazy. Let's keep the answer short so um, sure. so we can get out of here in a timely manner. But it's been a wild season, and uh, I'm just going to rattle them off and uh, get your opinions on some players, what you might be doing with them. And I want to okay. lead with somebody who I know we've both 
pounded the table for over the years. I think we maybe feel similarly about him now, but uh, Odell Beckham out for the year. What are you doing going into next year? I mean, holding now. I mean, you, you, you're not going to get any of that value there. You need to hold and hopefully sell after his first blow-up game uh, to someone that still re- believes in name value uh, and say, thank you for your time on my team. Best of luck on the next team. Uh, I would be looking to sell him. Yep, selling the name value. I like that. Cortland Sutton, lost year for him. Where are your Uh, thoughts on Cortland? Frustrating. Um, I I have faith. I seeing what he was doing in camp. um, I think he is. I honestly still feel like he will come back as the one. uh, And Jerry Judy and him are going to have a fantastic kind of career together, playing off of one another. Um, I love what Jerry Judy's done, but I still believe that Cortland Sutton is just that kind of tier above in terms of being a, a, a better wide receiver one profile. Cam Akers, is he for real? Is he a stud? Ooh, he got a, he got a touchdown last night. It was nice to see that he finally got something out of all this. I got this. a lot of texts after that touchdown, Dan. Uh, I, I like his talent. I, don't be, I think that Rams are burned on having a lead back. They are still tossing people like Malcolm Brown into there when they even have uh, Darrell Henderson in play. Uh, I am very apprehensive that he's going to be used in the way that I want to have him used. Uh, So I am personally of the opinion that if I can get some good value um, to be able to run up the board on some of the uh, running backs that are going to be available for this coming class, I would sell him. Uh, to be able to get uh, some value going into this next draft if I can get some good value, especially if he has a nice run towards the end of this season. You're in a startup tomorrow. Is Saquon Barkley a top two pick? Ooh, nice Non-superflex? Superflex uh, we'll go non-superflex. Keep it easy. Non-superflex, that makes sense. Uh, I still, I still got to say that there's – a lot more uh, questions around other people I could consider for the two, but I'm still going to go with them as my two in startups going into next season. Um, I, I just, I can't see anyone else that has his true potential, even with some of the production of other players that I've seen. I think he's still my two. Alvin Kamara is, is nipping at his heels. Um, And, and yep. Yep. I would take him as two, but it would be, darn close and i would probably not feel great about it (laughs) jonathan taylor did we hitch our wagon to the wrong guy oh gosh that is a interesting one i i know no we're you're saying that we have to be able to wait on some players we're having these expectations that someone has to blow up and be an absolute monster in their rookie season um fantastic when they do it awesome when they do it you feel really good about your pick um, but sometimes you need to give a little bit more time. I'm not, I'm keeping the, uh, the, the candle lit for, for him and, and going into this next season, hoping that the Colts see what they have in him, which is a true lead back, uh, if they give him the opportunity to do so instead of utilizing scat back, uh, Naheem Hines to start running the show all of a sudden. You handled these like a champ. Uh, I'm actually amazed at how coherent and uh, fluid some of your answers were. Last one. If you follow my Twitter account, you know that that I've been on this corner since day one. 
Does Jalen Hurts start a game for the Eagles before the end of the year without oh. a Carson Wentz injury? I think he does. I'm I've never been a Carson Wentz fan, and you I you've you and I have both really liked Jalen Hurts. I was bummed, and I know you'll continue, especially with my answer to hold it against me because I had to drop him uh, in one of our leagues. Uh, to who picked to, him up when you dropped him, Dan? Oh, I, I believe Max. I believe that was you. Yeah, I believe that was you. Carson Wentz doesn't look great. Oh, he um, looks terrible. He looks terrible. He does not look good. And I think at some point you got to start seeing towards the end of this season uh, what you have uh, in Jalen Hurts there. Um, I think he just brings a different kind of style of game there. And it would be foolish, in my opinion, for them to at least not give him uh, a second half start uh, if Carson Wentz is struggling there. So I, I think we're going to see him play. And then you and I are going to wait with bated breath and see what the heck he does with it. I love it, man. You good job with the rapid fire. We're definitely <laughs> hey, going to do this more often. Too. I literally only had one of those prepared. Um, it was Odell <laughs> Beckham was the only one I knew I was going to ask. I was oh, thinking nice. of the other ones while you were answering. Hey, fantastic. Um, so, but yeah, this is awesome, man. Um, great getting the band back together. Uh, yeah. The band formerly known as Mouse Rat, like I said before. Exactly. Um, we're going to do this more often. Uh, yes. We got updated rankings. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We got a yeah. startup that I think we're brewing up real soon. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, let's get out of here for tonight. This is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaders. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>